Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Were you looking to buy a really cool, fun t-shirt for the Islanders and at the same time make a donation to a very worthwhile cause? Well, uh, it's your lucky day. Uh, because the guys at LighthouseHockey.com, the best Islander blog that there is, are selling said such t-shirts. At LighthouseHockey.com backslash shirt store and all the proceeds are being donated directly to the Center for Dementia Research located in Orangeburg, New York. The guys, of course, doing this uh, in honor of Al Arbor, the legendary Islanders coach who suffered from dementia. It's their way of giving back. And they have some great t-shirts there. I bought one today myself um, because they're fun and it goes to a great cause. Their entire portion, by the way, the guys from Lighthouse Hockey. They're taking none of the money here. Entire portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you're a Ranger fan, if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, if you like the Vancouver Canucks, fine, totally cool. Uh, Pavel Bure, um, which maybe covers all of those teams. <laughs> you can go and just make a donation directly to the Center for Dementia Research without buying a shirt at all. But if you're an Islander fan, these shirts are fun. They're good times. And they have hoodies, too. So I suggest you go there, buy a shirt, Check out the content on what is the best Islander site uh, around and uh, and do a little good for dementia research. Okay. Now it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam and Pete, number 251, where we welcome Dan Saracini from LighthouseHockey.com to talk about the Islanders and the NHL and the unbeatable Rangers. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Go ahead. Challenge him. Challenge him. Come on. Franks and beans. Scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla. Don't waste my time. Can I strenuously object? Is that how it works? Hey, Willie! Ow! Willie! Ow! Give my creation life! Number 251. Hi. New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Hi. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday night. It is November the 20th. It is 2015. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Count and Pete. We have got a lot to talk about tonight. Why am I doing this voice? I don't know. I'll stop now. Um, hi, everybody. We're coming to you live. From Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. It is ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete and the Bishop. 
talking New York sports nice. No big deal. We have Dan Saracini from LighthouseHockey.com to talk about the Islanders and the Travis Hamannick situation. He wants a trade. Will they trade him? Don't know. We're going to get Dan's take on that. I promise not to say take again. And then uh, we will talk about the Jets a little bit. We'll talk about the Giants a little bit, both off terrible losses, games they should have won and didn't. And will Ben Zobrist be a Met? Probably not. All that and the ready-to-unload fun load with the Bishop where Star Wars, y'all, Star Wars. Hi, welcome to the program. I am Steve Sampietro, one of your hosts, the aforementioned Sam Pete. And this is episode number 251 of our podcast. That's right. We are coming up rapidly on our six-year anniversary of doing this show. December 9th, 2009, uh, we started doing this, and um, it's been nothing but joy since. Um, Hi, everybody. We talk about New York sports on the show. We talk about whatever else comes to our head, into our minds, uh, and other stuff, but uh, mostly New York sports, so welcome to the program. And uh, again, Dan Saracini from LighthouseHockey.com is going to join us in just about five or ten minutes to talk about uh, Travis Hamannick and the New York Islanders. And uh, as his na- name was mispronounced everywhere today because he was actually in the national NHL media. Uh, but Travis Hamannick um, has asked for a trade, uh, asked before the season started, is having some familial uh, uh, problems and situations. So uh, will Garth Snow be able to trade Travis Hamannick? He's a top four defenseman on this playoff uh, hopeful team. There's a lot to talk about with the Isles, so we'll check in with Dan. He's been on the show before. He's awesome. He has a podcast of his own. It's called Islanders Anxiety, and it is housed on LighthouseHockey.com, but it's also on iTunes, so check that out. It's a really good podcast. Um, The guy that Dan does it with uh, is very, very good. They're very good together. So he's coming up in a minute, but now um, I'm still going to try to figure out what that voice was that I was doing during the intro. While I try to figure that out, let's bring in the co-host of the program, the ying to my yang, the Hideo Nomo to my Hideki, I don't know where I'm going with that one. I'm going to stop right there. That's him. That's the guy. Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi. Hey, Hey, buddy. How's it going? What's going on over there? How is it going is the question that I have for you. It goes well, my friend. It goes really well. We are a week out from the giving. And um, that's correct. We talked about holidays last week, uh, definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Of holidays? Probably Thanksgiving is probably my number one. Number yeah, we've we've done this before in the past. You yeah, love no, no, absolutely. Yep, I do. I adore Thanksgiving. I love Christmas too, which is pretty surprising for a non-religious guy. But I, but I, I love Thanksgiving. Do you love Thanksgiving? I feel like you just like Thanksgiving. I like it. But it's you're okay. Not... Okay. I I used to like it a lot more. It's changed is, over the years. Really? Yeah. Now, this we didn't discuss. Oh, now I'm older. I got a family. <laughs> you, you are, know, of course, different. referring to the 
you are referring to the uh, the commercial yeah. that's on WFAN all the time for uh, Mint Chew, right? Jake. Mint smokeless Jake's Mint smokeless tobacco. Yeah, he, he, Jake which, is not paying us a dime for this, by the way. No, no, no. Uh, and the guy on the Jake's commercial, the Jake's Mint Chew commercial on WFAN, which runs especially on the um, – I don't know if it does on the on-air one, Cal, but the streaming one on the radio app. Every that other com- ad. Yeah, the commercial is, is – it makes 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS look like uh, <laughs> that they had like a $5 advertising budget because it's on every – it's on more than DraftKings, and I didn't think that was possible. And uh, the guy who does that one commercial is a douchebag. What? <laughs> he is. He just sounds. He well, sounds we don't like know a, that. He sounds like a complete douchebag. Sure, but we don't know. We he does. You know, you got to be careful. Now I'm older. We don't know. Have a, fam- have a family. Everything sucks. Wasn't supposed to have a family. Now listen. Can't play Super hockey anymore. I, gotta, I, I can't play hockey anymore. Whoa, 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 man. Whoa. Now I'm older. I have a family. Anyway, yeah. um, is that why you don't like Thanksgiving anymore? Because you're older and you have yeah, a family? Because of that guy, yeah. He's, he's ruined that guy ruined everything? <laughs> well, listen, uh, buddy, Thanksgiving, we, we, said the, we said the thing like four times, and we're not promoting it by any means. And yet we said Jake's Minchu. Just say it again. Jake's Minchu. That's fine. Um how are you though, man? Good, good, good. You? You you looking good? I'm feeling good. Got a little island I rode hat the, on tonight. Uh, I rode the old exercise bike tonight. Oh. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. That's all you need. Mile and a half. Mile and a half in seven minutes. That's a good clip. There's two. There's two problems here. A, I'm uh, woefully out of shape, woefully. And B, I'm really out of shape. So those are the two problems that you're having. Those are the two. Those are, those are the two problems that we're having. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, well, but I'm going to start. I'm just going to start trying to do the bike. Just do the bike. Yeah, I'd I'd advise you to work on one problem at a time. <laughs> so. Maybe start with A. Take being woefully out of shape first. Right. And then after that, move on to being woefully out of shape. Right. And then move on to being gratuitously, out, gratuitously out of shape. That's a good, that's good, a good plan. Really good. Uh, the week before Thanksgiving is a great time to start. <laughs> it's, it's a great time no to better diet. Time. Great time to start working out. Yeah. <laughs> the experts job, tell you remember. that's the time to do it. Yeah, that's really... That's really when you want to go after it. Um, how are you sports-wise? Are you okay? Sports-wise, yeah. I'm just kind of just kind of there. You know, nothing's really, not really passionate about anything, which is great right. for a sports talk podcast, by the way. Right, right. Well, you were all in on the on the Jets last week, right? You were going to get, you were going to yeah, get I, into I, the I Jets. I did get into that game, and I watched it, and uh, disappointing. It was disappointing very disappointing. In what I it was a terrible game. We're going to talk you about the, the Jets game after we uh, we talk about the Islanders. But I'm in a I'm in a very similar position where like I'm passionate, I'm into it, but I'm not like uh, I'm not losing my mind as I was because of the Mets and everything. You know what I mean? Because the Mets really 
they set us on a course that the intensity of which would be difficult to maintain. Yeah, well, that was that was an intensity I hadn't. Would you would you say would you say intensity in ten cities? You just said it, buddy. I didn't have <laughs> well, to. Listen, you know who's intense? Our next guest, our first guest, the guest tonight, <laughs> our only guest. Um, no, he has been on the uh, the podcast before. He is uh, one of the lead writers uh, for LighthouseHockey.com. Uh, the best Islander blog on on the web, on the interwebs. And he also, uh, Cal, they started a podcast. Yes, I know. Davey's got a podcast uh, called Islander's Anxiety. I've listened to the episodes. They're very good. They do a heck of a job. It's about 35 tight minutes. Nice. Not like this program. That's how you, that's how you do it. That's how you're supposed to do a podcast. We can learn uh, a thing is- or two from him. Uh, there's a ton to talk about with the Islanders tonight, and we really haven't touched on the Islanders in, in a few months because of the, the Met run. So uh, we're really pleased to have him back. Is Dan Saracini from Lighthouse Hockey. Hey, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Um, long time no talk. Last time we spoke to you, the Islanders were gearing up uh, uh, for the playoffs, and uh, we had a lot of anxiety. And so yeah. I'm not at all surprised by what you named your podcast. Yeah, um, Mike Leboff and I uh, got to know each other through the blog, and after just talking with him, you know, on email and stuff, and we took in a couple of games, it became very clear to me that he, like I, am an enormous worry ward. And the number one thing we both seem to worry about are the Islanders, which, you know, if you're an Islanders fan, sort of just comes with the territory. Like, that's just how it is. Nothing is ever, ever settled. Nothing is ever... You know, no, there's never any cruising along with the Islanders, and I think this week is pretty much a good example of that. That you know, everything. Hey, they had a game Monday. They won. They were they were looking great. Everything is good. Next game's Friday. No problem. Three days. You know, just practices and maybe some fluff pieces. They go to schools and like you know, sign autographs for the kids and stuff. And no, what sorry, Dominic wants to trade. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what can, how what it can is. happen? Yeah. 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 Well, let's dive let's dive right into it, Dan, and I and I do want to come back later on and talk more about the podcast and stuff. And and um, also, I don't know if you caught the top of the show, but uh, we did a little plug uh, for um, the shirt store uh, on Lighthouse Hockey, and all the proceeds, of oh, course, going to fund uh, dementia research, um, the Center for Dementia Research, uh, dementia research that you guys are uh, putting together. Once again, that's LighthouseHockey.com backslash shirt store. Um, I bought one today, and uh, I've been meaning to buy one for a while, and I figured having you on the show would be a good excuse to do so. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. I did hear you guys talking about uh, going to the gym and stuff, and I I was afraid I was going to have to do some sort of like push-ups or some sort of physical, (laughs) you know, uh, training uh, test thing like in gym class, and I was about to like, you know, email you and say I couldn't. But, no, he only did seven. He only did seven minutes, Dan. You're good. It's just seven minutes. <laughs> seven. My my big foray back into working out was seven whole minutes on an exercise wow. bike. That's uh, more. That's a, seven more minutes than I could have done. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, I got to the end of the seven minutes, and it, it was as if I had never done a physical activity in my life. I was <laughs> I was, Dan. I was a Division One athlete at one point. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> you're I not. Got, I got off this bike as if I I had never picked up a, a like a hockey bat in my life. 
Um, wow. But anyway, hey, you know, baby steps, baby yeah. steps. Um, and we never require our guests uh, for the physical challenges. It's all mental. <laughs> That's um, good. Okay. I'm good there. <laughs> so let's jump right in. This team is uh, obviously 19 games into the season, but the big news that came out yesterday about Travis Hamanick, uh having gone to management and Garth Snow before the season started. Uh, and by the way, uh, kudos to you guys. Also, a uh, great job. I don't need to use kudos. I felt fancy. Um, <laughs> on on your coverage of it, you guys did a great job over the last, you know, 36 hours or whatever it was, or 24 hours, um, basically just bringing the quotes from Travis Hamanick, bringing the quotes from the beat reporters, you know, Staple and, and stuff. And, and uh, so really nice job there in kind of, covering the story as a blog and then just letting the nutty guys that <laughs> comment on lighthouse hockey just go eight. Yeah. We have a but, few of those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, quite a few, but um, you, you know, uh, Travis Hamannick goes to management, goes to Gar snow, asks for a trade before the season starts. My first question to you, Dan, is how much does it suck that this came out? Um, You know, that's, uh, um, I, I, Got the impression today, if, if you haven't had a chance to go um, to um, the Islanders' site and watch the actual video of Travis, you know, talking with the media. Um, I did. The, I watched quotes, it today. I did. Yeah, and it's very interesting. The quotes themselves are very interesting. Um, Brian Compton's story at NHL.com was pretty much just all the quotes from from that media scrum. And then, you know, a little bit later, the video came out. And it's all very, very telling. And the impression I got from because somebody asked Travis something along those lines. I don't even remember what the question was, but he looked very, very. Uh, I mean, the, the whole the whole time he was very nervous. Uh, Travis doesn't seem like the kind of guy who likes a lot of attention, <laughs> you know, especially sort of media yeah. attention. And um, when it got to somebody asked him something along those lines, and it sounded like he was very sort of upset by the fact that it had come out, and not from the fact that you know. He was, um, you know, that everybody knew, but more like he didn't want to put the team in the kind of position that it's in now where everybody knows. And, and you know, that's right. one of the things that we kind of discuss among the commenters and, and, you know, our own kind of thoughts is what kind of leverage does Garth Snow have now when it comes to having to trade Travis Hamannick? You know, now exactly. people know that you, yeah, you kind of have to get rid of this guy. But, you know, as some people have pointed out, one way to look at it is, Garth doesn't really have to do anything. <laughs> you know, he's the guy who, you know, yes, Travis wants to trade closer to his home in Winnipeg uh, for uh, his personal reasons. He didn't elaborate on them, and, and that's his, you know, that's his prerogative. He doesn't have to. Uh, and he said, you know, this is as far, he's like, hopefully we don't have to talk about this again at one point in the video. So that, again, gives you the impression that he's, he doesn't want to talk about it. He just wants it. You know, he, he made his request. Garth has said, we're going to do what we can for you, but he's going to play, and he's an Islander, and, you know, he will play for the Islanders, and, you know, there's one thing about Travis Hamannick, he's not a guy who shies away from his emotions, he's he's always, you know, he's, Arthur Staple called him the emotional heart of the team, and, I mean, Arthur is one of maybe very few people that is allowed in that locker room, so he would know, and uh, it's, it you wonder, you know, how Garth goes about this trade now, when, when everybody knows that, that it's got to get out, um, one other interesting thing, Pierre Lebrun had a story about this today, and he mentioned that it's been about about a week or so in which Travis's agent uh, has been allowed to, you know, go to teams and see what he can make happen, you know, mm-hmm. kind of broker or at least, you know, get conversations going and then, you know, obviously loop in Garth and, 
and talk to him. And that, you know, Pierre said in the story that it's been a week or, you know, four days or something like that where that's allowed to happen. So you wonder if somewhere along that line, I don't know if it was Travis's agent or somebody, you wonder if it was somewhere in that, in that line where it got leaked out. And, you know, once Elliot Friedman hears about it, obviously it's a big story. He's going to write about it. And then, you know, Travis has to address it. So I, I don't think – I think from Travis's point of view, he didn't want to be out. He doesn't want to rock the boat. I mean, that's, I guess, pretty much the, the bottom line. Um, but, you know, from Garth's perspective, we, we know Garth. He, by now, he is a man with ice water in his veins. <laughs> and he will make yeah. trades that, that you don't see coming. Sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. Uh, he's a guy, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't say a lot. He just goes about his business. So I don't think it changes much from Garth's perspective, but I think Travis is really sort of put out by the fact that it got out there because it's just not his style. He's just not that kind of guy. And, you know, Ted, you, you brought up the fact that does this kind of hurt Garth's leverage with the rest of the league knowing that he requested this trade and now he kind of has to move him. But Hammock said, said something very interesting in his comments today. He said he would play the whole season with the team if he had to. So I, it, it kind of came some of the heat off of Garth so that the rest of the league didn't feel like they could just, you know, take him, take him over, the, over the barrels and, and just, you know, rip him off for Hammock. So what did you think about that comment by Hammock? Yeah, uh, that was one of the things he said in that video. You're breaking up, by the way. I could barely uh, hear the question, but I I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, somebody asked him, like point blank, you know, how long, you know, could you, could you, you know, are you prepared to play the season or something? And he was like, yes, I'm, I'm prepared to play the whole season here because I, I think, you know, Travis knows that trades don't get made overnight. They don't get made in a second. You know, you can't just call up a guy and say, hey, you know, it's easy for us to type a trade uh, idea into uh, the comment section at Lighthouse Hockey or Reddit or whatever, um, but, you know, it doesn't really work that way. There's lots of things to consider, guys with, you know, no movement clauses or whether or not you can fit somebody under the cap. I mean, you know, it's uh, one of the teams that's been mentioned is Minnesota, and they're one of those teams that's right up there against the cap. So if somebody's going to come back the other way, that money may, has to work out. Um, you know, uh, he's, Travis is, I think, the first man in recorded history to want to play for the Winnipeg Jets. So it's, uh, you know, but again, it's, it, you know, Garth has to like somebody on the Jets to make it work. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. So he said he's willing to play this season. I believe him because, again, you know, Travis isn't the type of guy to just sort of blow smoke up somebody's butt. It is, it's just not his style. Um, now, that being said, if it's a personal issue and his mind is, you know, on other things, you know, it's easy to be, you know, it's November, there's, what, 19 games into the season, and yeah, so far so good. Travis has played really well this season. That's the funny thing is, and you watch him play, you would never know that this guy requested a trade, you know, however many months no, ago. No, totally. Uh, I know, totally. No, it's, that, yeah, that's, he's, yeah. That was, that was the out of, well, that was the out of left field thing about it uh, for me, was that he had been playing really, really well. Sure, and also, yeah. guy drafted by the team, guy, you know, Travis Hamanick has right. come up with the team. He's been there the whole time. If uh, John Tavares wasn't the captain, j- clearly Hamanick would be, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the reasons they lost that playoff series to the Capitals last year. Yeah, his absence was, was huge. His absence, yeah. right, his, his absence was huge. I mean, he's a top four defenseman, arguably, on many teams, a top two pairing. And he's been playing like one, 
They made the right. shift, you know, where they 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 uh, moved Nick Letty, you know, uh, and moved him basically up to the first pairing. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, uh, obviously Cappy, my my favorite person, is uh, shifting all kinds of crap. And and uh, but that shift was one that I saw, uh, or change was one that I saw as good. And he didn't bat an eye. I mean, he'd been playing right. with Dahan for the better part of a year. And yeah. all of a sudden they threw Nick Letty on, uh, you know, Nick Letty uh, as the top pairing. Didn't miss a beat. Looked like they, those yeah. two guys have been playing together forever. So they were fine. He was yeah. really out of left field. Yeah. And Cal's right. uh, the, the, the one uh, part that, and Cal, uh, just speak a little. Let's see if we got the mic figured out there. Do I sound better now? Can you hear me? Am I breaking up? No. Uh, you're still breaking up. I can kind of make it up, but that's clear. Yeah, well, just uh, Cal, do the, do this. Jump uh, jump off and jump back on, because I think it's the connection. So see if you can jump off and jump back on. Um, but what Cal was saying was, he saw what Travis Hamannick had said as sort of a letting Garth off the hook a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. by saying, "Hey, look, I will play out the whole year." Right. You know, now that it's out there for all these other teams, and Garth had lost so much leverage. You know, Hammond is uh, saying, you know what, I, I will I will play out the whole year. I'm not saying he wasn't being genuine by any means, right. but that was like a good job by him. Cal was saying that was like a good job by Hammond to be like, no, no, I'll play out the whole year. He's not going to just trade me for a bag of pucks. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that that makes sense to me. And, and you know, I, I could see that, uh, you know, being the way it is. And I just, you know, I think what he was, I mean, to me, I think, yeah, he was. You know, it, it did does take a little bit of the heat off guard. But I just also think that Travis was trying to. The 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 vibe I got from that whole video was that he was trying to diffuse the situation as best he could. Absolutely. And Absolutely. by saying like, okay, everybody, take a step back and <laughs> take a deep breath. I'm not like you know pushing my way out the door. If it takes time, that's okay. I'm here, and I love this team, and I love players and the coaches and the whole thing. And you know it, it but you know I do have I have a personal issue, and I'd like you know to be moved. But I'm here now, so it's just very strange. And in fact, just before I came on with you guys, I was writing a thing about how you know Islanders fans are not strangers to trade requests. We've seen them before. <laughs> We've seen a lot of players come through yeah. the doors and be uh, like, "Thanks, no thanks, I want to play someplace else." Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just it's just a thing with this team. But this one is very yeah. different. You know, this is a guy saying, "I love this team, but I have this personal issue that is." very important to me and you know i'd like it addressed and and you know for their part uh you know alan muir in sports illustrated a guy who has barely ever had a good word to say about the islanders ever um (laughs) you know wrote today (laughs) wrote today that you know the islanders are taking a high road and they're handling this as best they can you know it's a tough spot to get equal value for an extremely important player um but you know they're doing the best they can Yep, and in a season where the playoffs are the expectation, and they've just moved to Brooklyn. That's the other part right. of this story, Dan, that I think yeah. you guys have you guys have touched on and, and you guys have uh, alluded to and a lot of the commenters have. I was listening to the NHL, uh, uh, NHL radio on Sirius today. Compliments of Cal, by the way. Um, he, he throws me his subscription. Good job nice. by him. Um, <laughs> And uh, listening to NHL radio, and two things immediately jumped out at me. Um, one was the Wilds, and I think they had the guy who writes uh, for hockey for the Times, Krita, maybe? Yeah, Alan Krita. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, and he was talking about the idea of um, uh, Brooklyn, you know, being a part of it. You know, and the idea of them playing in Brooklyn this year, every game is an away game, and they play 82 road games, and 
uh, a kid from Manitoba is not going to like getting on a subway and commute or, or a train and commuting to a, an arena and, and then having to go home and not getting home till late and staying in a hotel. And so they made like, A, they made like the Brooklyn thing a huge deal, which he said it's not. I mean, is he, is yeah. he lying? <laughs> you know, or do they just need to push that narrative because the Islanders are at the bottom of attendance uh, to start their campaign in Brooklyn? I think That's it's an a, easy narrative to push. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say B is just an overriding. It happens anytime the Islanders are in any sort of NHL national spotlight. Right. The question yeah. always eventually winds up, when is John Tavares going to leave? Right. Which, well, they, is, which they, they somehow got to today. They somehow I know. made well, this they, It always comes back to that. You know? it, it does, right? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, you could almost think of this as sort of the um, a, an offshoot or a sequel to the you know, what player wants to play in the uh, dilapidated, antiquated Nassau Coliseum, right. you know, That's without right. the, the modern facilities that, that other teams have? I, bought the, I buy that more than I buy Brooklyn is a problem for these guys. Um, yeah, they've been I, here I, for I, three weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. <come> on. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, players – Cap, want to mention this when they came back from their road trip, you know, their successful California road trip that – um, they're they're getting the hang of it, and you know when they go on the road, they know the road, the way the road works. They know you know their routine, and you get up and you get in the plane and you do the whole. You know they've been doing that forever. Now they've got to create new routines for Brooklyn, and I, I'm I kind of feel, and this is just totally my gut. I have absolutely no factual basis for any of this, but I kind of feel like this season is is a huge feeling out season for literally the entire franchise, and that includes Barclays Center. For the players, for the coaches, for the everybody. Fan base. For everybody, yeah, fans, everybody, media, you name it. And I feel like there are going to be lots of changes next year after everybody sees what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, the Rangers uh, are one team that have already gone to no morning skates, and I could totally see the Islanders doing that. Um, right. You know, the, uh, Johnny Boychuk, has been, he, there was a little video of him on ESPN uh, with Linda Cohen, and he was talking about how he's got two two little girls at home that are like I think barely two years old, and he doesn't see them for most of the day because you know he gets on the train at whatever nine o'clock in the morning like everybody else, and goes out to Barclays and does his skating, and then takes his nap in the hotel like you were saying, and you know they kind of live at Barclays. It's like an office basically, and then they play at night. Right. You know, they don't actually get to work until seven thirty at night. So I think they're going to change up a lot of stuff. Also, you know, don't forget they're also practicing at Syosset now. Uh, eventually yep. they'll practice at um, where the Coliseum is, across the from the Coliseum at Twin Rinks. So that's going to be yep. another change. And, I mean, they'll figure it out. They take car services home, which, you know, at, um, Arthur Staple is, you know, the number one uh, uh, fireman for hot takes everywhere whenever somebody kind of pops up with some kind <laughs> of crazy, you know, uh, thing about the Islanders. Arthur's always there going, well, actually, and he's, you know, somebody was talking about how how long they sit in traffic. And he was like, they take car services home at night, 10:30 at night. A car service man, you'll be home in, in like 45 minutes. Like it's not, it's not like you know, they, it's not like tra- they're stuck on the BQE for three hours every night, like you. And yeah, me, exactly. Right? So especially I, I mean, they're not, they're not going home till you know 12 o'clock at night. I mean, they're you know, right, right. So I, it I don't takes want to about 35 it. minutes to get home. But uh, yeah. no, your your, <laughs> your your point is absolutely well taken, in the sense that it is an entire feeling out period for everybody it's going to right. be an entire and i and I, I i admittedly i was talking to cal about this 
um, earlier in the week, and I was saying, you know, with the low attendance and stuff, and and uh, Brett Yormark coming out and saying, it's, you know, we're, well, we're, but we're doing well with the suites, and we're doing well. Uh, I I admittedly have several times this season been like, this is not going to work. It's mm-hmm. not going to work because we were looking to get tickets, Cal and I, right, Dan? And we were like looking at like the sections and stuff, and we're like, I don't. I, this is weird. It just is. I know it's going to take well, getting used to, but my my biggest yeah. problem is with the arena itself. Like, is it ever going to be retrofit for hockey, and or or better suited for hockey? It's probably not. And yeah. are they good? How much are they going to lose of the Long Island fan base because well, of this year? It, it it doesn't have a choice whether it's going to work or not because there is there is no other place to play. Like it, it has to work. They have to make it work yeah. as best they can. Um, I mean, they can always break read, their lease. <laughs> they they could, but you know, we used to say that about the Coliseum. Like, oh well, they could always just break the lease. Nobody could break the. I mean, if if a guy well, nobody like, could break know, that lease. That was right, like a, yeah. that was like a Williamsburg apartment. Like, oh my god, it was, it was like a prison yeah. sentence. Like a lease. Yeah, I mean, that was an ironclad. <laughs> right. I mean, what, whoever Charles, the attorney was who worked on that one. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. Really. Unbreakable lease on the planet. I mean, Charles Wong is like literally one of the top thirty most richest people on earth, and he couldn't break the lease. Like it's just, it just—it doesn't make any sense. Um, but so, I mean, yeah, I mean, any lease I guess could be broken. But I think the but the it thing has about to work. You're right. No, I understand that. It I has agree. to. And the the thing about the Barclays lease is, I think it's more of and BD Gallup has mentioned this too. I think it's not so much that they can break the lease in a couple of years, which is, you know, the thing people talk about. I think it's more of like they could restructure it and they can, again, see what works and what doesn't work. And, uh, you know, it, it has to work. There, there's no way it couldn't work. And I think that it will become more of a home as after a while. Um, you know, everybody's getting, it is a feeling out period right now. I'm, I'm, one of the things that I'm nervous about tomorrow is there's going to be a lot of Canadians fans there and it's going to be, gonna be embarrassing. a ton. A ton. A ton and there, in fairness, there was always a ton of Canadian fans at the Coliseum too. Uh, and you know, but the thing is, that's going to be conveniently forgotten when the inevitable story about, oh my God, look at all these Canadians fans here. Right. They're going, you know, it, that's the way it's always been. So uh, I was at the Sabres game uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've never seen that many Sabres fans at a, at a game at the Coliseum before, but I guess they all live in Manhattan. And now, hey, look at this. Now I can take the subway there. Um, there's a lot to like about mm. Barclays. Uh, but, you know, they are going to need to, to fix a lot of stuff. Uh, as many stories as I read that they can't fix those seats, I feel like you get a, a construction. They have to. They the have seats. to. They really do. You know, somehow they put risers there to. or whatever, but, you know. They have to. I mean, even the seats that we were looking at, and uh, we welcome Cal back to the program. Hi, Brian. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi, Dan. Hey, well, up? you sound you sound fantastic. We were just yeah. talking about we we we've, we've sort of transitioned we've transitioned a little bit into Barclays because I was talking about how on uh, NHL uh, radio, which I get compliments of you, thank you again, buddy. Um, <laughs> the uh, they you know the part of the story was uh, Travis Hamonic not wanting to play in Brooklyn, and that right. you know eighty two road games, and so we've been talking about this. And you mentioned so what, and I want to get back to where they might trade. Travis Hamannick, and if you think it'll happen in season, but since we're on Barclays and we're here, um, and what changes uh, do you think they're going to make? Like, I totally agree with you. It's a feeling out period this year. 
for everybody, for the facility, for Brett Yormark, for the Islanders, for the the new ownership that's moved in, for the fan base. What changes, substantive changes, can you see being made? Well, one thing I, I noticed, you know, as this, when the schedule came out, was the the start time is very very wildly. Um, there's tomorrow night's game is at seven thirty. Monday's game was at seven o'clock. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I might go to a game in December. I was looking for games in December to go with a friend of mine and uh, and his young son, who's, I think, going to be seven. And one weekend they play the Devils on a Sunday. It's at 5 o'clock. A week, yep. a week later they play the Leafs on another Sunday at 6 o'clock. Like, and now yep. it's just an hour, but that's very strange. And, they, and, the, and for years <laughs> at the Coliseum – and, again, in fairness, the Islanders were the only thing at the Coliseum except for, you know – one a couple of wrestling matches, uh, Disney on Ice, and, Rush. and uh, you know whatever the um, the uh, dirt track, you know uh, motocross, monster kind of trucks, stuff. right? Yeah, monster, monster truck, yeah. monster jam, yeah, and Rush, go. and, and Rush. Rush, yeah, always, always Rush, Rush. Uh, plays there. Um, so you know they had the run of the building, and now they don't. They've got a lot of other, you know, Lady Gaga's in town, or Justin Bieber's in town, or the Nets are here, right. or whatever. So you, they got to figure it out. But and the Islanders never played Monday games. They they never played games on, you know, very rarely did they ever play a 5 o'clock game on a Sunday. Like, that's just weird, you know? No, at the college so, game, right. it, was always, it was always Tuesday and Thursday nights at 7. Yes. And yes. then Saturday night at 7 or, maybe a, Saturday, yes. or maybe a Saturday afternoon game. Right, and then they would have a couple of matinees like Martin Luther King Day. On the or, holidays, uh, right. Holiday, yeah, Columbus Day. They always had a matinee. Yeah, yeah you could set your watch to you no, know, the, when the Islanders the, were going to play before the schedule ever came out. Uh, and the so day after one, Thanksgiving game. They always had the day yeah. after Thanksgiving game, and that yeah, was a day could, game. Now, now they're playing Wednesday, the day before yep. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep. playing. Um, so I think that's, that's one way in which they're saying, okay, well, when do people come out to these games? Again, you know, you're, you're going against the Nets, who, I mean, I assume would take up a lot of Saturdays, which you know, traditionally has been a time when the Islanders play, but maybe they could work something out. So that's number one. Um, I really think they, to me, you know, if I had if I had a, a chance to sit down with Brett Yormark, I would ask him if he had ever they ever thought about having a season ticket package that includes a railway ticket yes. as part of the price, so that you know you get your ticket and you get a pass for the train, and you know, yep. okay, maybe your tickets are a little bit more expensive, but you get that pass thrown in, and suddenly the number one reason for people not going is kind of taken out. Like we're just giving yep. you the ticket, and you just use it. And, you know, I mean, it, how much could that possibly change the ticket, the ticket price? Uh, and then as far as the seats, again, I'm not a contractor. I'm not, you know, I'm going to go in there with like a bobcat and just start busting up, you know, rows of seats and stuff <laughs> like that. But I really do feel like they could do something about the seats, um, you know, when push if push comes to shove. And, you know, Brett Yormark is a lot of things. I don't think he's stupid. And, and he certainly is an active guy on social media. And he knows that people don't like that. that it's really just that one corner. That's that one end. That's a real problem. And if they fix that end, um, I think they would, you know, it would be that would be beneficial to them. But then, you know, the problem is you've got to change the word of mouth and you've got to get word out that, hey, look, all that stuff you guys are complaining about last year, we fixed it. And here you go. Uh, and that's going to take time. So, you know, I, I at some point it will feel like home. And again, they don't have a choice. <laughs> they, they can't go anywhere else. Uh, at least in New York, and you know anybody that thinks they're moving back to Long Island is, I'm sorry, just not really. Uh, I don't know if I, do you guys apply to that, but I just don't see it happening in terms of 
you know, getting this team revenue. That's the thing. That's why they're in Barclays, because they never made a dime at the Coliseum. And here, like you said, the sweet sales are pretty good. Merchandising is pretty good. So they're making money. They're never moving back to Long Island. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, you know, Steve and I have been going back and forth on this this week, Dan. Um, Steve, Steve is convinced they're going to be in Quebec in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned I did mention that Cal. I did mention okay. that I had given up. I had given up Conv- all but convinced. Like that was it. Right. Like, don't is get Quebec too used an to island? That. Like is is there enough water over there or are they going to have to change their name cuz that that would be really strange. I think know. they'll keep it. Like, yeah. Like if they were to move to Nova Scotia, then you'd be like, "Oh, well, that's an still island." There. So there well, you go. Prince yeah. Edward Island. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. Perfect. <laughs> that's where you they You know have what to if go. they if they if they moved to Nova Scotia, I'd probably still be a fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd be we'd be fans no matter where they go. You know that. Yeah. I don't know if I can say officially no matter where they go. My backup plan was always Buffalo. Like back in the '90s, I always said to myself, right. if they move, I mean, you can't root for the Rangers. They're out. The Devils. No, no, you know, no, no, no. it was nope. just. I I don't mind the Devils. I don't have a problem with it, but I I don't know if I could go full Devils. And you know, I was like, well, you I never guess you never Buffalo. go full Devils. Never no, before. never, never, ever. Um, but you know, my favorite player of all time was Pat LaFontaine. So I was like, you know what? I can make the easy transition to Buffalo. Wouldn't have That's been true. a problem. You know, so and, that was always my they, And they've sucked for a while, so that would be yeah. kind of easy. Like, they're, they're, they're a New no York team. Right, they're a yeah. New York team. Yeah. That's very exactly. I, If I hadn't dated a girl from, uh, from Buffalo for uh, seven and a half to eight years um, and had that, had that just end – Miserably. Yeah. Um, I uh, and and have them be huge Sabres fans. Huge. Oh wow. Sabres fans. Monstrous. Sabres. In fact, uh, her brother was probably one of those Sabres fans at uh, Barclays <laughs> uh, for that game because uh, right. he's been waiting for the he's been waiting for there to be right. hockey in Brooklyn for about twenty years. Anyway, um, no, I, I I agree. I I was very down on the whole the whole thing as I mentioned, Dan, because I just feel like there. It, I, it, to me, it goes back to the building. And if you can't make the hockey experience good enough for the uh, existing Long Island fans and the Islander fans and make it worth their while and worth the trip. And if the building sucks enough to watch, like I've heard, again, I've only been there for basketball for one game. Haven't been to a hockey game yet. Although I think Cal and I are going. Are we going? I don't know. I don't know if we got clearance on that. You still, <laughs> you still, is that still in committee? Well, well, we'll 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 take this offline. Right. <laughs> I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only. That's how things get passed when you are married right, yeah. for a long time, Dan. Really um, oh, I oh I I know. Trust really, me, I'm aware. Like, and you're and you're Obama, Cal. And, yeah, and, I know. And you're dealing with a Republican Congress. Because um, <laughs> they they are putting their foot down on everything you are trying to get yeah. past. The amount of filibustering going on over here is ridiculous. <laughs> You're like, Allison, take a bathroom break. Come on. It's just an Islander game. Please. Um, but we were, we were talking about going. If you, then you're also not going to attract the new fan who's going for their first hockey experience or like the Brooklyn guy that's going to become an Islanders fan and then goes and is like, wait, I have to sit at what degree angle to watch the actual hockey being played? Like, I've been to, to two games, two regular season games this, this year and then one preseason game from before. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, and I, I know I'm going to get the, uh, 
you know, the rose-colored glasses uh, label attached to me. No, I no, I, I want to hear the, the uh, genuine but truth. I, I, I think you'll be pleasant. What's that? What I said I, I, I definitely not. I want the, uh, I want the <laughs> experience, please, by all means. I, I think you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised when you go. Um, okay. And by that, I mean, one, the building on the outside is gorgeous. Um, yes. And, you know, you walk in, as soon as you walk in, there's a huge sort of open area where the ice just opens up and you just see it. Um, two years, you know, you'll, you'll, I highly recommend going to BarclayCenter.com. They've got um, some views from the seat so you can actually see where, you, you know, what the yeah. view is going to be like before you sit, before you buy. And I got to be honest, the, the times I've done that, when I got to the seat, they were actually, the view was actually better than it was on the website which, you know, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe I'm just lucky, I don't know, but it's been that way both times. And then, you know, when you sit, you know, you'll look around and you'll be like, wow, this is weird, and the calcium was like this, and this is like that, and doing all that stuff. And then about 10 minutes into the period, you're going to be like, you're not even going to think about any of that stuff at all. And you're at a hockey game. It's a hockey game. game. It's an Islanders right. game, and you're just watching right. it, and people are doing the yes, 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 and there's they're play, they play the same music. I mean, they brought the same damn music. They've been playing forever. Paul Cartier is there on the organ. Roger Luce is there doing his, you know, the PA thing. And all of a sudden, you're just at a hockey game. And then, you know, the pe- first period's over, and you're like, hey, man, let's go get some food. And you'll be walking around. The food options are amazing. Uh, I know people are like, well, who cares? Well, I care because I'm going to go and eat there, and I want something other than a hot dog <laughs> and a pretzel. Um, the food is great. And uh, the the caramel popcorn is the best I've ever had. Get it when you go there. It's amazing. And, you know, you'll be into it. And you'll be watch- and you'll leave, and you'll be like, well, that was an Islander game. And that was it. <laughs> and, you know, and you'll be – You'll end up going back. I think a lot of the stuff has been sort of overblown. Again, there are problems. I'm not. I definitely right. don't want to like gloss over them. There's definitely concerns. Again, you you go there, you can't miss that one corner that is all kinds of weird, and you, it just pops the, out like. Can we get the Chevy out of there? Can we? Uh, <laughs> I mean, get, 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 get in the Tahoe. I, I was at the. the uh, I was at the Puck Talks Live event last night in, or two nights ago in Brooklyn. Uh, with Clark Gillies and Justin Bourne and Arthur Staple. And yeah, Frank I saw Fishdale. that. I saw that. Very cool, it was, man. It was a great awesome. time, and uh, we talked about the car, and i got to be honest, I find the car hilarious. I don't know why the car's <laughs> presence makes me laugh every time I see it. And my thing is, I guarantee you there are conversations happening probably right now around the NHL of companies saying, hey, about how do we car. get our car in, in your building? <laughs> I mean, the, the Ducks play in Honda Center. You don't think somebody from Honda has been on the phone with the Ducks management like, hey, I was watching a game the other day, and there's a car there, and it's a Honda. <laughs> like, how do we get our car in there? Huh? I guarantee, you know, I mean, if you're the Florida Panthers and you're averaging like, you know, or the Carolina Hurricanes, you're averaging like 9,000 fans a game. Put two cars in there. Put a whole fleet of cars in there. Put a whole line yeah. of damn cars in there. Might Who cares? Well. Like, yeah, might as well. And, you know, again, that, that corner is the weird one. And I really do feel like, you know, construction-wise, they can probably do something with it. Um, you know, the, again, the car doesn't bug me as much as it bugs a lot of other people. Uh, my favorite thing about the car is if, you, if you're watching on TV, and, you know, the, that's the end where the Islanders shoot once. Yeah. If you look in front of the car – you'll see a white-haired gentleman, usually you know, like a fleece pullover. That's Bruce Bennett, who takes the pictures and has been taking pictures of the Islanders since literally 1970-something. He's the best at what he does. Nobody takes yep, better he, hockey he's, pictures than this guy. He's the most famous photographer of all yeah. time. I have his book. He just put out a great book that I want to get my hands on this Christmas, and that's his perch. And I've joked on Twitter, like, that must be Bruce Bennett's car. He just he needs that parking <laughs> spot. That's his car. 
he just lives there, and you might as well just let him park there. And he, you know, you'll so you'll see him there. And uh, I just, you know, that that of all the things that <laughs> the problems that Barclays has, the car bothers me the least, to be honest with you. But I highly I recommend going to check it out. I just think it's, I just it think it's hysterical. I just think it's yeah, yeah. Um, but the tickets, you know, if one problem they've had is at the secondary market, I had, our tickets. I had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, yeah. I had a uh, uh, a hockey book. A hockey photo book when I was a kid, Bruce Bennett. Mm. I think I got it in like 1986. I got it for <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. And it was this gorgeous, huge hardcover like Walden books I got it at or something like that for oh, Christmas. Wow. Yeah. And uh, this huge, gorgeous color hardcover Bruce Bennett, mm. all his pictures. So I've known about yeah. that guy for and he and he obviously photographed the Islanders so yeah. much. He's a fan. He's, He's an Islanders fan. He grew up on Long exactly, Island. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's funny you mentioned that book because uh, my and my brother's probably listening, so I'm not gonna say it. But <laughs> that that is his Christmas gift this year. I already got it. <laughs> um, his his new book that he came out with, and I remember yeah. cutting out cutting out pictures uh, from the book I got when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and uh-huh. having them up in my having them up in my locker. Nice. Because there was a, there was like this yeah. huge, the great Billy Smith picture, and it was like the Billy Smith picture of him whacking Mark Pavlich in the head <laughs> with a stick. Yeah, and like he's taking some is of the like, most iconic pictures oh, uh, in so hockey good. history, you know. Yeah, and uh, he's Absolutely. and that's he's, and I, I saw him on that perch. Yeah, I saw him on that perch. Yeah. But my wife, my wife is watching like the first um, one of the first few games at Barclays. She's watching it with me, and. Um, and uh, my wife is fascinated by hockey. She grew up in Texas. She knows not of hockey, huh. but I really got her into the Islanders a little bit. And she likes the game outside of the fighting. Mm-hmm. She likes the sport a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, she watched, she watched, she was the unwitting uh, spectator of a lot of hockey last season uh, for yeah. the first time <laughs> and, and playoff hockey, which she had never seen before either. So right. um, it, it, we're watching the game and, and she's like, so that's the new place. I said, yeah. She's like, there's a, there's a car, you know, uh, really, really, really prominently. There's a, there's a yeah. car. Are they, are they giving that car away? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, I know. I wonder I, if people I, ask I, that, I, you know? I don't know. And she's like, is this like the pool in Arizona? Cause she had, <laughs> was watching a, a Met game with me years ago and they showed right, the pool. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, "Why is there a pool in the outfield?" I'm like, "Well, the, the Diamondbacks have a have a pool, right. see." That's pretty. And she's funny. like, so, "So, do they win a car every game?" <laughs> that would be that would be smart. Brian, Brian Compton of NHL.com had a great line last night. He was like, "When they win the cup, they should play the music, have the car drive out, and have the cup come <laughs> out of the car." You know, <laughs> just like a giant middle finger to everybody. Like, yeah, this is what we need right. the car for. You know, carry the right. cup. But yeah, we had the car. Uh, it is cup. a fascinating piece, that's for sure. Uh, Cal uh, had wanted to, and and I did as well. Cal, uh, let's do this back to Travis Hamannick real quick. Um, and Cal, I'm wondering because uh, we didn't get to talk about this today. Uh, do you think Garth will trade him in season? Yeah, I think he will. I think he wants to trade him, not because he wants to trade him, but I think he wants to do right by Hamannick. Because Hamannick's been a, he's been a great Islander his whole career here, you know. So I think he's gonna. I think he will eventually trade him, and and I have faith that he won't get ripped off. 
Guys, do you think that he has to get – so let's go under the – well, let me ask you first, Dan. I'm sorry. Uh, do you think that, that Garth will be able to move him in season? I, I do. I think it will be more towards the uh, the trade deadline um, you right. know, as, as things kind of amp up for everybody in the league. But uh, I'm with Cal. I don't. I think you know if if Garth wanted to just get rid of him, he would have. And and one of our um, our commenters brought up a point. Like, it, could you imagine if now now all this stuff is out and we all know the circumstances and it's personal and all that stuff. Could you imagine if like you just woke up one day in August and Garth had just traded Travis Hamanick, and then you know you find out later like oh he he wanted for right. personal reasons. The whole context of everything changes, and it's like, yeah, right. Give me a break. That's a bunch of BS. You know, this guy, you know, got ripped off or whatever. <laughs> um, That's true. It's, you know, but I think Garth has an idea of what he wants. He he wants to replace Travis Hammond, which means basically a top four defenseman. I would think. I mean, if he if he thought that they had a replacement in house, whether it's Ryan Pullock or whoever. Um, you know, that guy would have been playing already, probably. But I guess the answer is he doesn't think that, and he's probably right. So, uh, you know, I, I think it can happen. But, you know, now they're going to have to – somebody's going to have to come after him with a deal that Garth likes, and that's going to involve, you know, whether it's Jacob Truba or, you know, I've seen Matt Dumba or, you know, whoever. I'm, and I'm just throwing these names out there as possible defensemen that could be traded. Darnell Nurse, you know, none of them are Travis Hamannick. So you need to get – somebody who's close as close as you can and you know hope for the best i guess that's about it but yeah i don't think it'll happen tomorrow even even though this is all out now i think you know it'll take a while but i could see it happening in season yeah it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me but it would be a little while the the only issue with trading him and trying to get a top four defenseman back is the team that's trading for him is not going to want to give up that's why they're trading for him you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's so that's what complicates things. So do you think they will go the route of trying to get equal value from a forward? Uh, again, I don't know. And you know, and I mean, you can kind of think the same way. Like if you think you're a Travis Hamanick away from, you know, if you think he's going to be an important part of your team, and obviously he would be, then you know, you're going to need people to score goals too. And you know, nobody out. You know, this is the thing with, about a salary cap league. There's nobody out there that is so stacked that they can just afford to give up somebody the caliber of a Travis Hamannick, you know, and, and right. you know, again, I don't, we don't want to overstate, we love the guy, but we don't want to overstate what he, he is a top four defenseman, he's not, you know, the best defenseman on the team, uh, he, you know, the trade for Boychuk and Letty basically changed the entire look of the team, and it pushed those guys down, him and, and DeHaan, down the depth chart to a place where they're they're better, they're better suited for that second pairing. Um, so, I mean, what is a, a, a comparable forward to you know, a guy who's like Travis Hamannick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we yeah. can, you know, what about a goalie? I mean, who knows? I mean, the, the Islanders goalies so far this season have been great. So, but maybe Garth, you know, maybe somebody comes after him with a goalie. I mean, who knows? So, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it's unlikely that picks and prospects would come. Dominic, you know, wrote a thing today saying it's possible because you never know because it's going to be very, very difficult to make a match like that. But, you know, again, Garth is a guy who, who has the kid, he's got the player <laughs> and he's, you know, the Travis is the kind of guy who's going to play as hard as he can. He's not like, you know, this isn't like a Kirk Muller situation where they got to send him home uh, just right. to get them the hell out of there uh, and, you know, not see his face around the locker room. They're not going to do that. So he's not going to like that. So, you know, Garth is going to wait for the, for the trade that he likes and he'll, he'll take it when it comes. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what other people are calling him about. You know, the Oilers are apparently, interested in Travis before all this happened and yeah 
I don't know, man. Like, what do you? The Oilers, the Oilers only have forwards. They have no defensemen, and they have no goalies. So they only have forwards. So if right. you're going to make a trade for those guys, you're going to get a forward. But then, what happens to all the forwards on on the Islanders? You know, I mean, who well, knows? see, I, I, I'm sort, of, I, I'm sort of, and I, I was glad that Cal asked the question because I'm sort of seeing this as, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm sort of seeing this as an opportunity. So I've watched this team for 19 games. And uh, and admittedly, I didn't watch a ton early on because I was knee deep in Mets land. Um, so, uh, but I, but I but I watched and I and I've seen the games. And one of the things I said to Cal uh, very early in the season, um, you know, three four games in, was uh, a fear had been realized, a fear of mine coming into the season, and that was they're the same team. Yeah, they're essentially the same team that skated off the ice after losing to the Capitals in the first round. And they're relying a ton on, you know, four or five young guys to take the next step. And Cal made the very, uh, I thought, astute analogy to after the Penguins uh, a couple years ago when they made the playoffs and made the little noise against the Penguins and they came into the following season and just stood pat and just relied on Oposo, you know, uh, making the next step and, and uh, you know, several of, and, and Hamannick and, and certain guys taking the next step and they never did. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, so and Tavares got hurt. But so I saw that early on and I said, especially from the forward position. And this was before they sent Strom down. This is the same team. They haven't changed the dynamic at all. There were guys available that could have changed the dynamic a little bit and built a little bit. It's, even at forward, like they I thought they considered themselves so stacked at forward that they traded Michael Grabner for, you know, me. Um, yeah. Like, and seven high-level prospect or, uh, or low-level prospects that will never play in the NHL. Like, they they were so confident in Strom and Lee and Nelson uh, specifically taking the next step that they didn't change anything. You know, they I mean, added I, Zidlitsky. They, you know, they but they yeah. didn't really change anything. I, I, I and get what so, you're saying, this is an opportunity to me to get a forward. Right. And I don't yeah. necessarily think you need to trade Travis Hamanick, who is 25 years old, makes $3.25 million or something like that, right along those yeah. lines, and is signed for four more years and is in the prime of his career with a cap-friendly number. Like, you, right. you don't have to go get another top four defenseman for him necessarily. You may be yeah, able to I... go get a forward – that's a similar guy, like a 25, 26-year-old forward who's cost-effective. Uh, but they need a finisher. They desperately need a finisher, Dan. They do. No, I agree. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The one thing I would I would disagree is uh, that coming out of the the um, the, series, the lockout season against that, the Penguins and they came back, they were definitely more or less the same team. Uh, the biggest problem with that was that that included Evgeny Nabokov, yeah, the goalie. They didn't change the goalie. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. and the, I mean, Nabokov was intelligent and astute and a very uh, eloquent speaker, but boy, he was done. <laughs> and he emptied the tank to get them into the playoffs, and yep. he didn't have anything left for the for the remainder of the season. So that was a bigger issue. And of all, of all those guys that you mentioned, um, I would say that that Oposo actually did reach that next level because he found it during the no, playoffs. No, he did. He did. No, you know, did. and now is is yeah. Pre eye uh, pre eye injury pre eye injury yeah. he was yeah. he, he's not been the same since the eye injury 
No, no, I yeah, think... and that, that's unfortunate. And, you know, and that's another thing, yes. complicating things with Garth, too. Like, do you make a move also? Because he's a UFA at the end of the year. So I mean, Exactly. But the staple believes he's going to just walk. They're, gonna, they, they're not going to trade him. They're just going to keep him. And they're not going to give him the $7 million. If he wants $7 million a year, he ain't getting it from the Islanders. And, and Garth might love Kyle like a son. I don't even know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is a salary cap league, and you can't be giving out $7 million contracts to guys that – don't crack 30 goals. You know, it just doesn't yep. work that way. Especially Which when sucks John Tavares. I love him. Yeah. Oh, me too. Oh, I, I have his uh, his little Uyo figure, the, uh, the Lego style <laughs> figure. I have it on my desk at work. Like, I love Kyle. And He's that's great. love. That's love. We yeah. know it. That's love. <laughs> um, you but you got to be careful who you. Yeah, exactly. I, buy, I mean, I bought his toy. I have a Chris Osgood toy somewhere <laughs> here in my, in my basement, too. But, uh, you know, um, you can't be giving out $7 million contracts to just anybody. No. And, and you have to be very careful who you give it out to. So, um, But, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. That, and, you know, they do put a lot of faith into the guys. And, and you bring up Ryan Strom, and that's really, you know, this is I, – I don't – I didn't necessarily mind Strom going down. The team was in a real funk. Something had to happen. And I'm sorry, but he's the only guy on an, on an entry-level contract. So he doesn't require waivers. So he can go down because I tell you, if you put Brock Nelson or Anders Lee on waivers, they're getting picked up by somebody else, and you don't want oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, so it's a drastic move. I'm not saying I liked it, but I get it. You know, if I don't have to like it as long as I can understand it, and I, I kind of get it. But that's exactly this is exactly the, the risk that you run is now. You know, one of your one of the guys you're counted on for for scoring goals is in the AHL, and that's a problem. And you know, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be fine. I don't think this is gonna you know totally ruin his life or something like that. I'm, I have, I'm, he seems like he's got his head on straight, and, and he wants to be back, and he gets that this is just a little speed bump, and he'll, he'll be back playing for the Islanders in no time, um, probably, you know, after Thanksgiving. But, you know, this is, again, this is what happens. And, yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, if they were to trade for, jeez, uh, I don't even know. I mean, name, name a 30-goal forward among those teams that, you know, Travis is interested in playing. If they were to trade him for – you know, I don't know, uh, Taylor Hall, that's not going to happen. But let's just say that that happens, that would be great. But why not, though? Love it, you know? Why not? But see, well, then the problem is you're you're going to have a giant hole in your defense. <laughs> like, that's the thing, you know. So, and then, uh, I don't know. They, but how much, do you, how much do you believe in, how much do you believe in the guys that they have? Uh, you know, I, you have Boychuk and you have Letty. Right. right, you you DeHaan. have that you have that first you have that first pair. You have DeHaan, who I think I think has played very well this season. Sure, yeah, you know I like DeHaan. He's good, yeah. I think he's been I very he's very got, solid. You've got and then you have a ton team. of guys, right? But you have a ton of guys at Bridgeport. You you had uh, you uh, had the all defenseman draft. Yeah. You know, and well, they you, already and you traded have a ton Griffin Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. traded Griffin Reinhardt, who was from that draft. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't. I, Adam you, have Pellick, you have Pellick, you you know, you yeah, have Pellick, Mayfield. you have Mayfield, yeah. who I thought, you know, uh, played very well in, in, in the playoffs, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the real fear, I mean, if we're going to really talk about it, is we all, this is the real fear. I'm going to, I hope you guys are sitting because this is going to, this is going to keep you awake tonight. <laughs> the real fear is that, let's say they trade Travis Hamannick for a forward. You know what that means. Second pairing defenseman, Brian Strait. Brian Strait. 20 minutes a night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. Um, I'm not saying that would happen, but it is terrifying. And so, you know, I, again, I just, to me, I don't think Garth wants to create a hole that big, you know, a six foot three Travis Hammond sized hole in his, 
in his defense. But I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. As long as he doesn't get ripped off, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. And you know, I don't have to fire up my Twitter and be like, "Oh my God, that stupid idiot!" And I'm like, "Oh Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this yeah, web browser off." And you know, but, but you understand, <laughs> you know that no matter what trade he makes, you're gonna fire up your Twitter and you're gonna get all of those comments. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh. oh no matter I, what. Oh, I, right. But but it, you know what it is? It's more like that's gonna happen. But I guess the the real. <laughs> sort of metric is how quickly do people go, actually, you know what, this trade's not that bad. Right. <laughs> you know, if it's like right. three days later, that's bad. Uh, if it's a couple of minutes and people go, you know, actually, this doesn't look too bad, then it's okay. You know, I mean, there's always going to be the, oh my, ev- literally everybody in the league makes too much money. They're all traded for stupid trades, and every general manager is an idiot. That's the lesson you learn when you're on Twitter <laughs> uh, in the world. Um, so... Boy, we we could talk about this jazz all night. I do want to, I do want to get well, not the Utah Jazz. We could talk about yeah. the. They don't, they don't, Please don't talk about the Jazz. They're not around anymore. May they rest no. in peace. Um, but but I I do want to get to the team nineteen games in, um, and and just get. I know you don't do impressions, so uh, just get your feelings and thoughts about the team. Unless you do impressions. If you do impressions... I, I mean, I can like, talk to you as Sean Connery if you want. I've like, everybody like, give, me, give, me, give me your Please. feelings on the team as Sean Connery 19 games in. I think it looks a little something like this. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't even... Do, I, it's hard. To, I don't think of Sean Connery in hockey terms. That's the thing. Like I gotta. I can't well, even no really... Does. But yeah, I can't even watch James Bond movies with my wife because I just I parrot everything he says <laughs> in the living room. So you know, it's like yes, money, penny, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, I, <laughs> uh, Nineteen games into the season, I I think the Islanders are, are looking whereabout we kind of expected them to look. I mean, the Caps and Rangers are at the top of the division. Last time I looked, it was 2-1 Tampa. Hopefully they, they hung on to win. They did. Caps they did. Okay, good. Thank you, Lightning. Um, you yeah, know, Our I, national I, nightmare is over. The Rangers yeah. have lost. <laughs> yes, I know, finally. I, I, I read your tweet before, and I was like, geez, I don't know if the Rangers are going to lose. Hopefully they, they one of these days they, they lose. They might not. <laughs> might not, yeah. Um, I'm sure they have another 11-game winning streak, uh, you know, right in their back pocket starting whenever. But, um, you know, I I think most of us would have probably picked the Islanders to finish, you know, third or fourth in in the division. And and guess what? That's pretty much where they are. We don't like how they got there, and you would think that they would spend a little bit of time in first place. And then there's still maybe they will. Who knows? But I I think that, you know, I was telling somebody, I was on another podcast yesterday, and and I I feel like they've got – enough to compete with the Rangers and Capitals. The biggest problem for the Islanders is consistency. And Monday night, I'm sure you guys watched it against the Coyotes, they were great. They looked like last mm-hmm. year's Island. For You know, okay, yeah. yeah, they gave up two goals in the last five minutes. One of them was a gorgeous Michael Bodker goal that he was just kind of waiting for because that guy's really good. Another one is like Marty Hansel just kind of skating across the crease and knocks one in, hey, it's going to happen. But for 55 minutes, they were dynamite. And they, the Coyotes barely touched the puck, and it was great. Now, tomorrow against the Canadians, or today, if people are listening to this on Friday, I, it would totally not surprise me for them to come out flat, not get any shots in, in the first couple of periods, look really disinterested, and people are sitting there going, what? And, and the Canadians played tonight, and they, I believe they lost. So, I mean, that's going to be another thing. Like, dude, which one of these teams played last night and which didn't? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we said that after you know, they're, the Islanders are the rested team playing the team on the back-to-back? It would not surprise me in the slightest for that to happen. I hope it doesn't. 
But that's just kind of the way this team is now. They have to be consistent. They have to bring that that kind of effort every single game. And if you lose because the other team was better or their goalie was better or, you know, you hit five posts in, in the third period, hey, you know what, that's going to happen. But you can't have efforts where it's like, dude, what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shake everybody. You can't have those. And that's, you know, the Rangers, to their credit, don't have those, you know. I mean, they always look like that, where they get kind of caved in for a while, get a couple of lucky goals, and then Lundqvist bails them out. That's just how they play. <laughs> and and they do it every night, and they win a lot of games. And, you know, the Capitals are a machine, and sometimes they just get beat. The Islanders need to get into that machine mode and just be very consistent. Other than that, I think they're they're good. I mean, top to bottom, I, I think they can stand with pretty much anybody, definitely with Pittsburgh and, and the Caps and stuff. But you just don't know which team is going to show up. And that's, that's what really bugs me about them. Do you see this playing out a little bit like last year? Because it, it seems to almost be following the same script, where they kind of sleptwalked through the first couple of weeks of the season and then went out west with with the opportunity of really seeing their season go in a spiral. And then they play well out west, and then they come back, and the first game back since they, uh, on Monday night, they played really well. So do you, yeah. do you see them kind of taking off now a little bit? It is it is very eerie how the, how it's played out exactly same thing, the right? same way. It's so strange. I mean, I would love to see them, you know, run the table in November again like they did last year. Uh, that would be great. And a, and a big, you know, it, w- it would finally bury those November, uh, wo- Wovember, as we call them, you know, of the past. Uh, I don't know. Again, you know, I, I feel like there's, a, I mean, there's so much hockey left to be played. And, uh, again, ultimately, I, you know, I kind of picked the Islanders to finish third in the division. Um, and so I I think there'll be a lot of jockeying. I, I expect the Capitals to be in first place at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if the Islanders were right behind them. Um, you know, the Rangers, uh, if you're a follower of the uh, hockey's advanced stats, you know that the Rangers, uh, every underlying metric tells you that the Rangers are terrible, but yet they just keep winning games. <laughs> and right. their, their PDO, which is kind of, a bit of a proxy for luck and it you know, kind of takes into account a lot of different things, uh, has been through the roof. And so that is expected to go down some, and they'll probably have some kind of crazy losing streak at some point. It can happen anytime. I hope it does very soon and, and last for a good long time. But, um, you know, so I think there'll be a lot of jockeying. The Penguins are just, you know, at one point they're probably just going to catch fire and do some stuff too. And um, that those four are – you know, basically the the best teams in that division, and so and somehow they're however they shake out. I don't know. Um, you know, the Islanders. They yeah, they came back last year from the West Coast. They were lights out for two months, and then the All Star game happened. Oposo had his eye injury, and then the they, Ranger game. The Ranger game happened. They mm-hmm. they went to a tailspin through March. They corrected themselves a little bit before the playoffs. And then the playoffs happened, and they had the all-time worst matchup they could have gotten in the playoffs, which was, you know, the Caps, uh, who are very, very tight, very well coached. And, you know, but they still can't, They still took them to Game 7. And, and they played yeah. the worst game of this season in Game 7 in the playoffs against the Caps, and they were still down only 2-1 with 10 minutes to go in the game. And, yeah. uh, and you a know, power that, play. And they had a power play, and they got a gift of a soft goal from Braden Holt. I think it was like the only soft goal they gave up all season. They get right, right. there, and they, they had it. They had it right there. And, I mean, you, me, everybody thought, here it comes. They're going to turn it on. They're going to come become, become the Islanders again, like Hulk Hogan doing his, you know, shaking his fist. <laughs> thing. Here it comes. And it never happened. And so, but even even all that stuff, all that bad stuff, that tailspin in the season, they were that close to making it to the second round. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could see them – kind of being right there again and 
uh, the second round is is the next step for these guys. If if they do all of this and they have a really good Has season, they get to the playoffs, Has and they lose in the first round again, it doesn't really mean anything. And you know, I hate to be so absolute like that, but that's the way it is. They have to make the next round, or else, you know, again, we're just all right back here again <laughs> talking the mm-hmm. same thing next yeah. year. You know, and nobody wants to do that. Well, I'll talk with you guys, but you know, not about the same subject. Again. <laughs> I see. Um, I I. I... I, I agree with all of that. I see two things that are very interesting early on. One is is Grice has been fantastic and is um, a, a huge upgrade in that spot. And I could see this becoming more of like a 45-37 game split or something like that um, with uh, Halak because uh, he's been just great. I mean, yeah, I, I really, really loved – uh, and I don't know if he's just seeing the puck really well right now, or, or you know, I don't, I don't know if he's ever been as good as this in his career. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, but if he's going to be this good, he's got to play 35 games easy. Yeah. I think that's a huge bonus if, if, if oh, he yeah, can. Definitely. I think he and um, Halak play very much alike each other, and I think that's why he's having yes. success. Yarrow has success, yeah. and they, they play, they play pretty much the same exact style. It's very calm. Very controlled. Yeah. There's no like wacky swimming in the crease, you know, Di Pietro style. Like there's none of that stuff. They both they both play very similar styles, and uh, yeah, they've both been great. I mean, Grice has been the backup goalie we've wanted for for quite a while. Yeah, and and I I could really see it being more of a time split, which would be great because it would keep uh, Halak uh, fresh for uh, the playoffs or fresher because he played so much last year. And then also, and also, he's a viable option if he's playing that well. He's a viable option in a playoff series if one of your goalies is struggling. You know, I mean, the the uh, the idea of going to the backup goalie for the Islanders last year—not that they would have, because Halak played fine. But, um, but the other thing, the other thing I've noticed is, I, I it's, it's well documented. I'm I'm not a Jack Capuano fan, um, but um, and and one of my bigger things, and Cal, you and I talked about this. I, I agree with you about Strom being sent down in the sense that it's not that big a deal. And it was their only option um, to do something like that. And he wasn't playing well. I hate the idea of uh, Bernier playing over Strom uh, because he's, he's an AHL. He's a four a player. I mean, he's not an right. NHL player. Um, and I'd rather uh, Strom has a better chance of, of helping you offensively on a given night than that guy ever does. That sure. said, doesn't it, Dan, doesn't it speak to this coaching staff? And I had this out with, not out, pretty much out, with my brother the other day about what does it say about this coaching staff who's been here for the better part of six years now, that this is like the fifth or sixth first-round draft pick that they have had to do something with motivationally to get to play. Um, or to try to, you know, reach, or to try to develop. I mean, we're going back to Josh Bailey, and Oposo was sat, you know, and, and, and a healthy scratch. And then Lee and Nelson last year in the playoffs, and Strom And Niederreiter was traded. And Niederreiter yeah. was traded. And Calvin DeHaan, what they did to Calvin DeHaan last Reinhardt year. Reinhardt was traded. Reinhardt was traded. Well, DeHaan... DeHaan had a lot of injury problems coming up, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, they've all had periods of, okay, now you're These healthy. These are all first-round picks. These are and all first-round picks. And it's very picks. weird. Um, my friend Mike Leboff, who I do the podcast with, 
uh, yes. he, he, he said something that, that really resonated with me, and I hadn't really thought about this. I'm not a Capuano hater. Uh, I, I find him, I don't know, I like the idea of Jack Capuano. He's just sort of like lovable love from Cranston, you know, with the hair and the whole thing, and he lost all the weight, and he seems like really just like, a, a cool guy to hang out with and grab a beer with. But, you know, in terms of the Islanders, yeah, I get worried like everybody else. But Mike brought up a good point in saying that, um, you know, throughout 82 games, the coaching probably doesn't matter as much as it does in the playoffs. And that's yeah, where I, I coaches listened, that, that was that, uh, that was like the second episode, right? Yeah, right. I think it was you guys got into that on the podcast. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a really good conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah, and and because I I literally hadn't thought of it that way. Where you know what, you're 82 games, you're gonna play, you know, teams that aren't very good that are you know guys are hurt and they're you know you're on a hot streak and that kind of thing. And not like Jack doesn't do anything. Not like he's just sitting back there, you know, reading comic books or something like that. Like he's he's doing something, but. When you get and when you get to the playoffs, that's when it becomes clear who's got the advantage, who's who's on top of things. And you know, last year again, that was a that was a bad matchup for the Islanders. And you know, Barry Trotz is a guy who, man, he knows what he's doing. And and yeah. he, you no, know, I, I, it's you can say that he they outcoached the Islanders, although you know, again, the talent level was was pretty even. And you know, again, they were so close. But just in terms of getting the most out of his team, you can say that Trotz. One, he got the most out of his team, and 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 Jack didn't. I mean, you know, he sat Nelson and Lee in two separate parts of the series. That's not good, you know. And you need those guys. On, you know, they're not going to score from the press box. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, the the bottom line again, much like we were talking about Barclays Center before, um, you know, it's gonna. There's nothing we can do about about Jack. The only thing that, you know, I'm barring an epic collapse that nobody at least in this conversation, wants to see happen. Um, he's, right. he's their coach, and, and he's going to be, you know, for the foreseeable future. The, the players all seem to really like him, and I, I don't think it, there's anything there other than maybe, you know, they get a little bit too complacent. And, I mean, I've heard that about Strom, that he, he you know, once you're on a line, I forget if, who was that was saying it, but, you know, once you come into, a, you know, the camp and it's like, hey, by the way, you're playing with John Tavares now, Maybe you take the foot off the gas a little bit, and you know I'm not saying Strom is lazy or anything, but maybe you know it changes your mindset a little bit. Like, hey, I've made it. Look at me, I'm John Tavares's winger. And then before you know it, you're back in the AHL. And uh, you know I I don't I don't know what Jack tells these guys, but you know Hamannick today in this you know his speech was saying, he said he loved you know, him. Yeah. Said he's one of the best one of the best coaches he's ever had, and I think the players really do care and they really like him, and he really cares about them and. You know, again, Justin Bourne was saying at, at the puck talks thing the other day. You know, the coach can only do so much, and you know, changing lines is one of those things. Sending a guy down to the AHL when he doesn't have to clear waivers is another thing. So, uh, you know, I, I don't see it as anything more than just he's trying to do what he can to get these guys to to you know put the get brakes on and or you know step on the gas. And you know, I wonder too if if you know the players need to hold themselves a little bit more accountable and say you know pick themselves up a little bit, so the coach doesn't have to send Ryan Strom down to the AHL. Um, but you know, again, I don't know. They're all buddies and they're all they're very tight. I mean, Nabokov has said they're like brothers in that locker room. They're all very very tight, and you know maybe they that's something that goes beyond coaching and it, it's you know the players sort of picking themselves up and saying, hey man, I need you to do this. I need you to change this. We need you to right. we need you pulling this way. Listen, Dan, you've been very generous with your time, and we've had a blast talking to you. And um, I just – one last thing for me, 
and it's an off the ice thing. I sure. gotta get I gotta get your opinion on the black jersey. <laughs> um, I don't mind them for two call. reasons. Uh, um, one, they're way better than the last black jerseys, which would I call them little That's cross jerseys. Sure. They were very strange looking and wait, what do you too what do you call them? The lacrosse jerseys, because it had <laughs> Islanders across the front and a number right, there. Right, right, right. Yes, 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 yes. When right, my right, friends right, right, all right. – I never played lacrosse in high school, but my friends all did, and that's what their jerseys looked like. And it was like – they had, like, gray and diamonds on them and blue helmets, and it was just very <laughs> – it was way too much too soon. Um, right. And the second thing is, you know, they're alternates. And we've now heard from oh. your mark, Charles Wong, Garth Snow, <laughs> the mm-hmm. general manager of Barclays Center mm-hmm. – Literally everybody that can, that has been asked that the colors aren't the blue and orange isn't changing the logo is not changing this is an alternate jersey they're going to wear it every once in a while you know Yormark has this whole Brooklyn synergy marketing thing going on and so that's fine and you know they're going to wear it it's fine I've I've actually heard people say they like them you know I've heard you know not just us not from Islander friends people outside the Islanders uh, fan bubble have said, you know, the Echo Chamber have said they like them and, and they look pretty sharp. They look m- much better on the ice, um, you know, when when you're watching them all. So, I don't know. I'll live with it. I, I You know, I wrote a whole article about third jersey choices the Islanders have had. And yeah. of all of them, the only article. one that – Yeah, thanks. The only one anybody's ever liked was the throwback jerseys that became their current home jerseys. <laughs> right. you know? right. The only one anybody's ever said, that's awesome, keep that, you know, so – uh, you know, it's just how it is with this team. Uh, to me, to be honest, uh, the, uh, there are jerseys in the league right now that look worse. <laughs> I've never liked the Hurricanes jerseys. I've never liked the Calgary Flames home jerseys. I wish they would do what the Islanders uh-huh. did, which is go back to their classic, uh, yep. you know, 80s-style jersey. So I live with them. I, I don't mind them so much. I'm not going to own one, but I don't mind them so much. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, Cal. Say it. No, no, I was just, you know, I was just asking for a friend. What if they did become the the uh, full time jersey? <laughs> all, all black Islanders. Then I would have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> then I would say, you know what, that's that's really not good. The the one thing about them that does bother me, and I'll asking I'll for a friend. <laughs> the one thing about them that does bother me is every time there's a celebrity or they do some sort of off ice event, they're wearing those jerseys, and I guess oh, you, that's how they do, you know, <laughs> trying to push it and stuff, but like. You know, Noah Syndergaard at the game, that's great. Hey, man, congratulate. You know, welcome to the game. I hope you enjoy it. You know, I don't know. To see him in the black jersey, it's a little weird. Uh, Nick Letty was doing a, a clinic with kids in Brooklyn the other day. They're all wearing the black jerseys. <laughs> like, yep. you know, I'm glad he's doing this. I'm glad the kids are enjoying it and they're having fun. But, you know, I would have preferred to see them in the blue and orange. And, you know, so they're not like – you know, surprise when they go to a game. It's like, why are these guys wearing blue? I thought they wore black. No, nope, they wear blue and orange. So get used to it. Um, that's the one thing that bugs me. About. But again, I'm I'm willing to give them a pass. It's new. They want to sell them. Okay, fine. But you know, if they became black and white, I mean, again, like you were saying before, I'll still be a fan. Just it'll just kind of bug me. But. Right. Well, that's when we get you that sit down with Brett Yormark. <laughs> Because I, because yeah, I, yeah. you know, I mean that idea of tying in a railroad pass, you know, a Long Island railroad pass to your season tickets, is genius. I mean, and, and seriously, it, it is. Like I, and I've not seen that anywhere. And you would think these marketing uh, men and women at Barclays who are making a gazillion dollars a year would be like, hey, you know, would be a good idea <laughs> if, if like the train was part of your package. Gosh. Like, well, well now that they've heard that, 
now that everybody's going to hear it on this on this podcast, yeah. now they're going to yeah, hear it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be out of money. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right. We over the six years we have been doing this show, uh, Dan, we have trademarked so many things, and uh, it turns <laughs> out, it turns out, just saying trademark doesn't do yeah. anything. No. Yeah. My thing it's is not like uh, going... mailing it to yourself, right? I've tried that. <laughs> I've done that for a few things. Uh, my thing is always, uh, you know, I have an idea for a movie, and I always tell my wife, I've oh, got yeah. the best idea for a movie, and you tell her, and you forget, and you don't have time to sit and write a screenplay, and I'm not a move, I'm not a filmmaker, so I can't just go out and do it. And then two years later, you you go to see a movie, you and you see, see a trailer movie. for the exact okay. movie you you just you know uh, described there two years later, and you're just like, man, that was my idea. Gee. Yeah. You know, is that? But, is that when you go back and check your like wife's Facebook page for like a high-powered Hollywood producer? Yeah, <laughs> like, I wish. When did she become friends with Howard Katz? What is <laughs> this? Something know, right? stinks. DreamWorks. No one, How many no times can you like why DreamWorks? Why to California all that time? You know, yeah. No, that wouldn't. That would not happen. Yeah, that wouldn't. That my wouldn't wife. Well, listen. <laughs> she, she, Before she we let you go. I, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say. I mean. I tell her a lot of crazy ideas that she immediately forgets, much like when she tells me to, like, you know, I need you to put the clothes in the dryer or I need you to do this. I always forget everything, so it's just one of those. <laughs> it's, it's a trade-off, you know. You know what would be a great movie? And she's just, oh, here we go. Here it is. Yeah, right. Here we yeah. Meanwhile, she's like, hey, I'm going out. Could you do me a favor and do the laundry? Yeah, sure, no problem. Four yeah, hours I got later. it. Did you do that? <laughs> oh, shoot. Like, ah, oh, man. Every day. Every oh. day this happens. Yeah. But I thought of a great, yes, yeah, exactly. idea for a sitcom. Right? Yeah. yeah. Two, two hockey Stan, players. The Stan and Nabby show, and it's just Stan Fischler and Evgeny Nabokov, <laughs> just like going to dinner. Like that's it. That's the show, and they just talk. I would, I would, wa- I would watch that. <laughs> well, remember the remember the Flats and Heels show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was great. The Flats one thing that is on YouTube. I know. The one you can't thing find that's it not anywhere. on YouTube. Yeah, I don't understand. YouTube has stuff that literally no no human has ever laid eyes on, and yet the Flats and Heels show, which we all saw. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. We all saw it. It existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere to be found on YouTube. It's, it's incredible. I don't understand how this happened. You can get the Wookiee uh, holiday special on YouTube, but, which <laughs> for years people doubted yeah. its existence, but you can't right. get the, the Heels and Flats show. Hey, listen, we're huge, uh, we're huge Comedy Bang Bang fans, so – uh, we're going to let you uh, plug away, plug something. What do you have to plug? What are you working on right now? Where are you going to be? At the Howl? In, uh, <laughs> oh, you know? me? No. I, I go to work and I come home. That's that's My <laughs> my Howl is, is nowhere. It's, it's in my yeah. office and I'm the only person there. So nobody <laughs> nobody actually hears any of my terrible jokes. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, you could read me at Lighthouse Hockey as always. Um and uh, like you mentioned before, I appreciate you mentioning it, by the way. Uh, we have a podcast now. which is getting started. It's called Islanders Anxiety. Again, a condition we're all very, very familiar with. Uh, Mike Leboff <laughs> and I talk about, uh, you know, what's what's sort of bugging us that week and, and what we're worried about uh, coming up uh, with, uh, you know, with the team. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to just get it out there and do something a little bit different. Uh, and, you know, again, it's it's – I feel like it's kind of a thing that we're all used to, and sometimes it's amazing because he's worrying about things that I didn't even think of, and you know <laughs> I'm, I usually have an idea of what I'm worried about before we even start recording, and then it'll totally be changed by the time we start recording because of what he said, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even think of that, 
and then I worry I about didn't, that. Uh, I didn't even think to worry about that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's, but, uh, it's it's really good. I, I've listened to thanks. it. It's very conversational. If you're an Islander fan, um, it's it's really, really good. It's just two guys talking about the Islanders. Uh, you guys are both obviously very knowledgeable about the team. You guys both have a long history with the team. So you have your, you know, kind of obscure references. You know, there's a Brad Gilbert in there thrown out every once in a oh while. God, yeah. And then <laughs> – and uh, but you guys are you guys are doing a, a great job. It's really really good. So so definitely keep it up. And um, definitely uh, you know you, we'll have to get you and Dom uh, to come back on uh, when you have a yeah. chance. I will. I tried to get him on tonight, but uh, he's uh, he now he has, uh, he has a second baby now, so his oh, time is precious. Well, that, yes, so it's uh, that's the end yeah, of that. <laughs> that's why I was <laughs> writing so much and and uh, during the summer and. Uh, you know, really, I, right. I'm surprised we we did any traffic because I'm surprised most people weren't like, "Oh my God, I got to get out of here." There's no more with this. But uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll Dom and I will come on anytime you guys want. And uh, thanks again for having me. This is always so much fun. I mean, uh, sorry it was supposed to be 20 minutes, and that was like an hour and a half ago. So, <laughs> that's, that's all right, fault. man. It's just it's just <laughs> when you start talking about the Islanders, things happen. Uh, not <laughs> at all, Dan. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon, pal. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You too. Take care. All Thanks right. a lot. Take care, Dan. All right, Dan. Uh... Nice. 